Welcome to our podcast. We're a mother-daughter duo with a twist. I'm Taya, and I was adopted. And I'm Roz, her birth mom. I went on a search at the age of 36, and I found her. Listen in as we come together to unpack the layers of our journey. Welcome back to I Found Her, the podcast where we discuss all things adoption and reunion, but with a twist. Well, Roz, it's just you and me again. Today's episode is going to have us wrap up another season and give us a full 22 episode for our first year in the podcast world. What do you think about that? I'm in shock. <laughs> I never thought that in a million years we would do a podcast and have that many episodes. What did we have to talk about? Well, thanks to our guests, we had lots to talk about. And thanks to our listeners, they even gave us some ideas of what to talk about. So I'm in shock, but I'm so excited that we are finishing up season two of I Found Her podcast. Yes, I yes, love yes, it. yes. And I think it's a timely month for us to be wrapping up because it's December, um, December 26, to be precise, will be our the beginning of our 17 years fully in reunion. Yes. In terms of the first time we actually laid eyes on each other and yes. embraced. So I think, you know, the fact that we're wrapping up another season in the midst of the holiday is also kind of cool as well, right? Yeah, it feels good that it's Christmas season. I'm really in the holiday spirit. And I think that because we can now say 17 years together instead of 16, it is amazing to know that this is the month where it all began, where we first laid eyes on each other, where I walked through the threshold of your parents' home and hugged you for the first time in my life. It is wonderful. And that's really why we started the podcast, to reminisce and think about what it was like in the very beginning and all the you know, the seasons of change, the reactions, the the fears, everything that we went through, we exposed ourselves to our audience and maybe said more than we thought we would say, don't you think? Oh, I agree. I I would say that we, you know, I think that's the thing about having a plan. You have a plan. And sometimes the plan evolves and changes. And I think mm-hmm. it evolved and changed as we got more comfortable with telling our story out loud. Yes, definitely. Right? And mm-hmm. so, yeah, so maybe things that we thought we would keep more reserved with time in, we recognized that it was helpful for us oh, yeah. to express oh, yeah. it. 
Yeah, very, yeah. very helpful. Mm -hmm. This has been a journey. Oh my goodness. It really has. <laughs> it really has been a journey. And that's why I think, you know, for our kind of wrap up of a season, we are going to take a trip down memory lane and okay. we're going to discuss okay. some of the lessons that we've learned about our ourselves this first year. We're going to unpack, you know, those themes, those things that I believe the year has taught us. Oh, yeah. The lessons learned. <laughs> yes, indeed. Exactly. Lessons learned as an adoptee and birth yes. mother, right? In yes. podcasting. So yes. let's kind of start with the, the reminiscing, if you will, when we had our birthday trip back in October of 22, we, we traveled and met each other mm -hmm. in Denver. Yeah. And we got to spend that one-on-one -on -one time together. And that really started the brainstorming of what would a podcast really look like between a birth mom and the child she placed for adoption. And so we come to December of last year and we are writing and talking out like what we think some of the episode ideas are going to be. And then we finally hit record and our yeah. very first episode yeah. is live on January 4th. My goodness, right? <laughs> yes. And here we are in December, pressing record again. <laughs> oh, I know. Very, very cool. Very good. So I took some time, you know, to kind of jot down some thoughts and give myself a sense of what I want to focus on and some of the lessons that I've learned. I think you has, as well have jotted down some things. And so I think we'll, we'll just kind of move forward and, and see how we kind of unpack those thoughts today. Okay. I'm okay. ready whenever you are. <laughs> okay. So I will say that our last episode, The Wound to the Tomb, has been getting really good response from our listeners. I think, like I said, in that episode, it was probably one of our most profound episodes to date. And so when I connect back to the experience of that episode, my first lesson that I kind of jotted down was that being vulnerable is a strength. I still remember actually when one of our listeners asked the question, if we actually considered ourselves brave for doing this podcast, and now that we are just a few more months into the process, I can honestly say that I do consider myself a lot stronger than I did when we started back in January. What do you think? Yes. Would you, would you say that? You know, when that listener, you know, kind of highlighted that she thought we were being brave, that maybe now, as we've kind of looked at the, you know, the scope of the year, that, yeah, we're vulnerability in, in itself is actually a strength. Yeah. And actually brave and courageous 
too, you know, when you really think about it, if you've suppressed or held a secret for almost four decades, mm -hmm. and now you're unveiling little by little by little and exposing it to the world, not just each other, like we've mm -hmm. been doing for the past mm -hmm. 17 years. But it now it's like, okay, I can say what I feel, I can express myself and not worry about what people think. So being brave and courageous is definitely one of those key moments that came through for me mm -hmm. in doing this podcast. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think the fact that, you know, we would show up each time to record, um, there was the, the, discovery and the talking behind the scenes. And then there was the actual pressing the record button every time. It, it showed us that we had the willingness to sit in that discomfort, you know, each week that we, that we would, you know, come together. I would say I definitely experienced a lot of discomfort earlier in the year because like you said, we're exposing and talking about things that normally were spoken only between the two of us. And now we're, you know, allowing an audience into, into our thoughts and our feelings. And we do have a wonderful audience. They share their feelings about what they listen to. They send us comments and questions and even suggestions. Have you thought about this? Will you talk about that? And so the podcasting piece of this whole dynamic of us is therapeutic, wouldn't you say? Yes, and that's exactly my next lesson that I was going to say. So I guess we both would say that podcasting can be therapeutic as a lesson that both of us learned this year. Yeah, <laughs> didn't, know, didn't know it when we met in Denver how much therapy we still needed. But this has been therapeutic for me. Yes, I agree. I agree. There's this uh, term that I, that I kind of put down and, and jotted that says, healing comes by revealing. And it's not a unique you know, statement. I'm pretty sure it's been spoken by others in some context similar. But yeah, this healing comes by revealing, being able to talk to you about all of my different feelings has been cathartic. I'm yeah. not saying that we didn't talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly before the podcast, but I, I really do believe that in this framework, I have probably come out of the fog which is a term that's oh. often used in, in adoptee land. I, I believe that I came out of the fog. So I'll kind of say that is a third lesson, you know, that I've learned um, through this year in, in podcasting, being able to kind of talk more about the feelings that I may have suppressed um, and being willing to acknowledge the grief and loss that also was in play more. I think all of that coming out this year has allowed me, as I said, to come out of the fog. 
And I, I even think for you, Roz, I mean, there was a there was a, a training that you were able to attend. Right. And you shared some of the information that you got. It was talking about birth mother fog phases. And there's like eight of them. And and I think that was that was during this amazing conference that we attended at the beginning of November, the Adoption Knowledge Conference. And and so I think there was a level of you kind of learning more about these phases or these fog phases that birth parents, birth mothers can go through. Yeah, that was an exciting and very interesting workshop that I attended during the Adoption Knowledge Conference last month. And you never know what it feels like until somebody describes it. Mm. Being in the fog, what phases do we go through? And they centered on the birth mother and some of the phases they go through, whether it's being forgetful, but not intentional. It's being forgetful of what happened because you suppressed it for so long. You kept it in the fog. And now you're bringing it out and you're exposing it and you're talking about it. And it feels like a release of any fears that you had about being a birth mother who gave up a child for adoption. So I really, really enjoyed that. And I remember sharing some tips from that workshop with you, Taya. So Mm -hmm. I hope you had a chance to read it. Mm -hmm. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Okay, then. So, so I would then go on to say that, that another lesson that I can't be remiss for connecting on is that doing my own therapy along the way has helped me to heal in a lot of ways. So I, I am a strong believer that as a therapist, you should have your therapist. And so I actually got back into therapy during the pandemic, <laughs> right? So, so I, and I, and it's also a layer in there because I turned 50 in the midst of the ah. pandemic. So I was also wanting to kind of unpack my life at that point of turning 50, but I maintained that relationship with my therapist while we started to, you know, look at this perspective of podcasting. And I'm glad I did because being able to talk to her about the things that were coming up, um, I think it it worked in tandem with what we've been doing through the podcast. So yeah, I don't I don't think um my experience and and the ability to convey some of my emotions would have been as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess me being able to fully connect with all that I was experiencing had I not also been doing therapy. So yeah, therapy was also, I would say, a lesson that I learned this past year. And I think I admitted that even after I gave birth to you at only 16, 17 years old, I never had therapy. It just wasn't in the makeup of what my parents were dealing with, what I was dealing with. And so, you know, having a daughter who's a therapist, you would think that at some point in time I would have, you know, contacted a therapist to maybe go back and unleash some of the hidden feelings that I've had to suppress for so long. But I haven't. And 
and I'm thankful that this podcast has helped me feel like I have some sort of therapy with my feelings and deeply rooted emotions through this whole process of adoption and relinquishment and reunion. Mm. So I'm really happy with the podcast being therapeutic for me. But, you know, should I still get a therapist, Taya? I perhaps should, right? I, you know, that that's my brain, you know. I definitely think there would be a whole different layer of having someone kind of you know, poke around and ask you certain questions, there would definitely be another layer, I think, of of discovery and healing should you decide to And the self-care that that you Mm -hmm. mentioned, Mm -hmm. I think it's time for some more Mm self-care. As the older I get, the more I realize I need to care for myself a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So yeah, so maybe that might be a priority that you would consider in the year 24, 2024. Maybe maybe right. that might be something you consider for yourself. So okay. that, that kind of leads me to my next lesson, which is that I believe along the way, I have been able to prioritize my happiness and cultivate a rhythm of self-care. And, and that, I believe, allows me to feel much more grounded and more intentional about the choices that I make on a day-to-day basis. Because, you know, being a therapist, I'm sitting, I'm in, I'm sitting in and holding space for a lot of clients. And, and I'm, you know, supporting them through their process. And then I have my own therapist who thankfully is sitting with me as I'm having the different emotions and different things play out and she's holding space for me to kind of process. Then there's coming into the podcast and there's a level of how we have to sit in these emotions and have a conversation or ask questions in such a way. And so I think doing all of those different areas it it kind of became that much more intentional for me that I have to have certain rhythms in my day-to-day life and on the weekends to rest, to restore, so that I can show up in each of these spaces. Yeah, and I know that you run. Well, I know it's come that to walking more now. Yeah, I, 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 running is is not as frequent. Now it's walking maybe four miles, four to five times a week. And then yes, there is the the weights and and some cardio things that me and my husband do. But yeah, I just wanted to update you that I've been more in the walking world this this season. (laughs) Well, I've been in the walking world. (laughs) I don't run. The last time I was in a, a 5K, I think it was walking. So, right. uh, yeah, at the Mission Inn in Riverside. And it was with a bunch of friends, and I had a good time. But everybody was way ahead of me, and they would fall back and stop and slow down and wait for me to catch up with them and say, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just taking my time. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was the oldest one in the bunch, and they were like, 
I said, just go right ahead. I'll see you guys at the finish line. It did not bother me, but it felt good. Mm -hmm. And so self-care can be running or walking. It can be meditating. It can be yoga. Mm -hmm. It can be lots of different things that people take advantage of. And I hope our listeners are doing some of those things. And maybe they'll share with us with a few comments what they find is important for them for self-care? That's a good question. Yes, that's a very good question. So what I think that that kind of segues into the next lesson that I jotted down is that I believe that I'm constantly, I'm constantly learning and delving into spaces to understand and develop a deeper awareness of the full spectrum of adoption highlighting that I'm constantly learning, meaning as I hear you and you share, I feel like I'm constantly learning that much more about you. But also because I'm delving into other spaces to understand this whole spectrum of adoption, that means that I have been doing a deeper dive than ever in listening to other podcasts that are um that are hosted by other adoptees or adoptive moms, as well as birth moms. I've been attending conferences. I've been reading books and articles. And all of that, I believe, gave me the confidence to start my own blog. So, you oh, know, I write you, I write yes. you as Dear Birth Mom weekly. Yes. And I feel like I it's kind it. of created this this window into the space of writing that wasn't there before. And, and so I'm, I'm excited about how I'm learning to integrate all of these different aspects of understanding adoption and saying, Hey, I want to, I want to create a space for me to now write. And I love it. Dear birth mom, your newest blog I look forward to reading it. I know that I've seen some comments from some of our mutual friends who enjoy it as well. And that's a a space that you've created for yourself to talk to me in the form of a blog. And I can respond to you. Uh, We could talk about it later than like the next time we have a phone call, or I could put a few comments in your blog about how I feel about it, but it's a great space for you to connect with me as your birth mom. I love it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're so welcome. Yes. Yes. So let's, let's kind of, um, you know, I feel like I'd have a few more, but I want to, I want to tap in for you as well, where, where you may have written something down very specific about something you've learned. So maybe, maybe share a couple of the things that you specifically noted for yourself that you've learned this year in the podcast world. Well, I've learned to be consistent with myself, to be energetic, to be aware of my health and aware how important it is for us to maintain a positive relationship. This is, this whole adoption thing is different for me in that I'm the birth mother 
who relinquished you and so how it impacts you, but also how it has impacted me. Yes, I went through lots of fears, whether you would reject me. And so the things that I, I don't write like a blog or anything like that. I keep a mental note and I jot down a few things like during our podcast where I might have some questions that I want to ask of you so that you could open up a little bit more. And I think that it's, it is a constant learning process, whether it's a blog or a podcast, so that we can say what we mean and mean what we say, so that when I say something, it resonates with you and you understand where I'm coming from. I don't want to be so much in a fog anymore that I cannot express myself. I hope that I have brought clarity into what we have in our relationship and what we express through the podcast and just regular conversations when we pick up the phone and call each other and what's going on or what are you fixing for dinner and <clears throat> what's happening during the holidays. I wish that we lived closer to each other. I do feel that way many times because there's so many things that could happen that we could do daily or weekly or go shopping on the weekend. I feel like I wish we could just jump up and go do something together. But, you know, we live in different states and that's just the way it is. But when you are here, like when you were in California in October, we did so much. And we made up for lost time, didn't we? Because yes. not only did we visit St. Anne's home for unwed mothers, but we did a lot of things that brought memories of life in L.A. that you once had when you were younger until you moved. And the days before you joined the military and got married and all that wonderful stuff. So I think that it's a constant reminder that we're in each other's lives and it may not be physical, but it's intentional and it's mental and it's physical in the sense that we could see each other on Zoom or whatever and hear each other's voice on the phone. So I look forward to our calls. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think our conversations have picked up in a different way because we have this mission or this purpose around the podcast and play. So it lends to us, I think, talking more in line with what is it that we want to present? What is it that we want to highlight or, or be our main topic for this week? Right. So I think our conversations have adapted to not only just the things about each of our lives and what's going on in those spaces, but also what is, you know, our intention with the next episode that we're doing. So, yeah, it, it, it allows us to, I think, unpack a little bit more for sure. Yeah, yeah. we're definitely doing that. Mm -hmm. And that's the best part, don't you think? Because, mm -hmm. you know, prior to the podcast, I think we probably talked, we talked a lot, but it wasn't 
frequent, like on a schedule. And it didn't have to be. It could be spontaneous. Something's mm -hmm. going on or something's about to happen. And we wanted to share some news with each other. So, you know, our relationship has grown outside of the podcast, but even deeper because of the podcast. It's mm. it's definitely a major part of our communication now. Yeah, I like how you said that. I do think if we were to capture, you know, another lesson in this is that, yeah, our, our relationship has gotten deeper through the podcast, um, connecting all the other things said before about, you know, it being therapeutic, the, the fact that, you know, we're constantly learning new things. It puts us in the space to go deeper and, you know, move past the fog and, and, and really talk about um, the different emotions that played out over the past 17 years of our reunion. You know, I, I wonder, and I'm going to look this up, if there is a, a cutoff time, if you've been in reunion X amount of years, do you still say that you're in reunion, you know, or do you just kind of drop that and, and not say that anymore? I'm going to make a note to check that out because it, it, I think after a while, right, you kind of would think maybe you don't say it, you know, like you don't well, frame it as we're in reunion when you hit 17 years, but maybe you do. <laughs> I'll find out. <laughs> okay. Let me know what you find yeah, out yeah, because yeah. It, it feels like a reunion every time we see each other, every time yeah, we do something together. Yeah. And um, I don't know if reunion the word drops after so many years, but it feels good. I like the word reunion. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think that that layers in for me to say something else that I think was a huge shift for me um, this year in podcast world. And, and that is when I would say that I reestablished my relationship with my birth father again. And so oh, what yeah. I want to, what I want to kind of reveal or share about that is that, you know, we've unpacked it, you know, in one episode, you know, we talked about, you know, the intertwining of, of fathers and such, but I haven't shared so much in this podcast, kind of some of the layers of that relationship over the last, it would be 15 years since it was two years later you know, that I reunited with him. And, and I think it's because, you know, there were definitely some different things that I experienced in that relationship with him that had me to create more distance between us. And what I realized is as I, as I did my own therapy again, I have what is called like an anxious attachment kind of style. So I can, I can get a, quite a bit anxious when things kind of don't go a certain kind of way, like I, I really like to be structured and organized. And so sometimes people will say that, you know, I have pretty rigid boundaries. And, and one of the things that I experienced in reu reunion with my birth father was that 
there was a shift in how the boundaries needed to look and I wasn't comfortable with that. And so I did put some distance between us. And I know that that created its own challenges. But one of the things I am so thankful for, and I do really credit it to the podcast as well as my own therapy, is that I was able to kind of re-engage with him in a different way. And because each of us has grown, we've been able to kind of work through those rough patches. And now we have a much more open dialogue with each other. I can notice even when I talk about him that I don't get that anxious feeling in my body that I used to have. Um, I just, I have just a much better relationship with him now. And that to me is, is huge as an adoptee to be able to have a positive relationship, not only with you as my birth mother, but to have a positive relationship with my birth father. It has made a world of difference to reconcile each of these relationships and each of them to have their own space where I don't feel this pull that I used to have. So, oh, yeah. yeah. The pull. Now, that's interesting. Pull because you were trying to please everyone or pull because you were going into unfamiliar territory and didn't want to go there? I think it was, I think it was a big part was the pleasing. Okay. You know, we've touched on this before we even hit record. You know, we've, we've touched on how a lot of what I did early on was people pleasing, was this sense that I didn't want to upset or cause anyone to feel, you know, I think at that core where it would lead to me feeling rejected. Right. Okay. And so, and so I would say yes to things that maybe I felt a little bit like, Oh, I'm not so sure. I don't know if I want to do that. I would kind of override that and do the thing anyway and manage the anxiousness. And so, yeah, I, I, I definitely struggled with people pleasing a lot more. Uh, And now that I can recognize it so much better, I'm able to identify it and then figure out, okay, how do I really truly want to respond in this moment and be more truthful to myself instead of basing it on a fear of loss? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you know, the flip side is that we were both probably feeling like a loss of you Mm -hmm. if Mm -hmm. you would want to continue a relationship with us, knowing that you were placed for adoption. So the the loss kind of goes deeper Mm -hmm. than perhaps what you felt, but more so because of what you felt. So you were always the primary reason for us to want to stay connected and build on that so that we could have a more deeper loving relationship with you. Mm, yeah, yeah. I can see that. I can see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think 
I think that leads me to the next thing that I thought about is that, you know, this podcast journey has taught me that, that life is unexpected at times. We can, we can be thinking that we're going down a certain path, right? And you're happy with some of the doors that you've closed <laughs> and yeah. then something shifts in your inner core, right? And you decide that you want to open that door again. And I, I think that's what I was willing and able to do is open those doors again. And now there's a, a much deeper sense of happiness and joy in that space. Yeah. And the podcast perhaps assisted in opening that door again, because, you know, we were probably willing to go another 15 or 20 or 30 years of having the door cracked open a little bit, but not fully open so that we can discuss true feelings mm -hmm. and get over those fears. So uh, the podcast, wonderful releases of joy and happiness. And if it brought a little bit of sadness, it's okay. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes life is not perfect. And we know that. Mm -hmm. So dealing with the unexpected made us even stronger, right? Yeah. 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 There's this term that I hear often in, in this space about both and, meaning the ability to hold two contradictory emotions at the same time. So I can feel sad or I can feel angry about X, Y, and Z, but I can also, or and rather, and I can also feel happiness or I can feel at peace or reconciled on this side of it. So this both and kind of perspective has really helped me to anchor myself in both feelings, although contradictory, it can seem, they are, they kind of can anchor me too, because they're valid. Both, both feelings are Absolutely. valid. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely would say that I'm very thankful for that. So this kind of leads me to this quote that I have come to gain so much appreciation for as a therapist. And even more now as an adoptee, this is, this is a quote that I shared with you right before we actually, you know, hit record. And so, you know, I, I, I want to kind of unpack it a little bit. And it says, it says an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal behavior. And this was a quote by a well renowned psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor, Viktor Frankl. Um, so well known in the mental health community and the psychology community. And he shared, you know, this statement that an abnormal reaction to an abnormal situation is normal behavior. This is something that is often said as a way to kind of connect with trauma survivors. And so when I sit in it and we touched on separation trauma, 
you know, that, that initial trauma from birth around the primal wound, you know, it, it allows me now as an adult to recognize that some of the behaviors and responses that I may have had growing up, and even as an adult, those were, that was normal behavior, having lived through a very abnormal situation, to have been relinquished, to have lost my first parents, the experiences of different emotions that I may have had along the way were normal, even though other people on the outside would have said, that's abnormal. Why are you, why are you upset? You know, why are you experiencing this or that? You know, you have this and that. And, and what I've come to understand is, no, I lived through something that was abnormal, you know, and so my behavior was appropriate. And so now that I have more understanding of that, um, it just kind of makes me thankful because I feel like I have that many more pieces in my puzzle. You know what? It kind of reminds me of what Kevin and Hillary said about being foster parents, Mm. how sometimes the children that they take on, they have something that became normal for them but it was an abnormal situation. And to be the great foster parents that they were, they had to learn Mm -hmm. whether they had it innate quality inside of them to understand that, or it was through training for being foster foster or resource parents that helped them identify with the child that Mm -hmm. they had Mm -hmm. and how to make their life more normal for Mm -hmm. them and Mm -hmm. accept the abnormality that may have existed. Don't you think that that's a little bit of what we picked up from our conversation with them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Definitely. Definitely. I, um, I definitely see how you can connect that. The, the, I think the thing I remember Hillary sharing was, you know, her ability to over explain things. You know, mm-hmm. like she was, she was of the mindset that I need to be able to help you understand, you know, the why for, you know, maybe the consequence or the situation, you know, that I'm now um, establishing a boundary for you around because to just punish a child and not to help them understand the why wouldn't necessarily help them grow. Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And that's how birth parents and adoptive parents should operate as well, like these foster parents, because we have to learn to listen and to watch what you're going through. So Taya, as an adoptee, your adoptive parents had to watch what you were going through. And me, after I came into your life as an adult, I had to watch what you were facing to be able to understand and clarify your emotions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Being able to hold space for the, for the varied emotions that are going to come up and not get scared off, 
Bye. Right. Right. Yeah. Fear oh, is wow. a dangerous thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. Like you it, said in a previous podcast, fear is paralyzing. Yes. So we don't move if we have fear. We exactly. wait yeah. until all of the emotions settle down. And then we try mm-hmm. to take some action. Oh, yeah. Oh, and wow. we've done that. This, mm-hmm. this podcast has kind of helped us remove a lot of fear. Mm-hmm. So we're able to move forward in oh, a yeah. lot of different ways in our life. Oh, yeah. And I oh. appreciate that. I appreciate that therapeutic feeling that I feel all the time when we have a podcast. Mm-hmm. How about you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Even even more as we as we are, you know, in this space, wrapping up our 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 final episode for season two, I think there is just a difference in how we sit in the space with one another. And and so let me share my 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 final lesson that I've learned. And and there's so many more that I probably could have come up with. But, you know, to round it out to. The, the last one, I wrote that consistency is key to success. And I actually found a quote by Dwayne The Rock Johnson, where he says, success isn't always about greatness. It's about consistency. Consistent hard work leads to success. Greatness will come. And I believe that we have been so consistent in meeting and recording this year. Yeah. And that, I think, is, has been key to our success. And success for me right now isn't measured by like maybe what society would say success is. Success for me is measured by the level and impact that we have on one another in our relationship. Yeah. And we have been successful because we're consistent. We're consistently aware of each other. We're consistently aware that there's a message that we want to give to our audience. And we're consistently appreciative of our listeners being a part of this podcast and sending us their comments, their questions, their suggestions. Their consistency fills our consistency, and so therefore we are successful with that. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I think what I'm hearing you say is, you know, the relationship that we have through our listeners and their their input fuels us in such a way that then we are able to give from that perspective. So it creates this kind of reciprocal cycle between yes. us, right? This give and take based based on their response. And and so I think, yeah, it it's we're evolving not only in our relationship between one another, but we're also growing and evolving our relationship with our listening. Yes, yes, we are. Yeah. And we appreciate that so much. Yeah. So it's been a it's been a lot of lessons, I think, when we when we kind of connect all of our thoughts today. There's been a lot of lessons 
that we've learned about ourselves as an adoptee and birth mom in the podcast world. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. Lots of lessons. And I want to continue learning. I want to see that perhaps season three will unveil new things about Taya and new things about Roz and new things about our audience and the the flow of information that comes through us to our audience. And what will we learn? What are your expectations? What can we possibly do to not just top seasons one and two, but to embrace and expand more information of what this podcast could evolve into? You know, we talked about perhaps writing a book. I have a friend who has a podcast and she does a newsletter. And it's like, Whatever is said, we could do blogs like Taya's Dear Birth Mom blog. Continue to expand on that and let our listeners and readers feel the passion that we have in communication, in relationship building, and what we could do for each other and with each other. I think this is the, not the end of a season but the beginning of a new season with fresh ideas. Oh, yeah. I definitely am motivated and excited. I think that's the other rhythm that I think is, is good about what we've created in this space is we, we take breaks. Yeah. Right. And then we fuel up, right, because we've been able to rest. And so we come back that much more energized and able to produce, you know, a good work. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling very motivated based on everything that you kind of expressed there. And, and I think we're at a point where we can kind of say that we are able to wrap up another episode unless you have anything further. No, that's about it for me. For oh this episode. My. Okay, then. <laughs> wow. So, yes, there you have it, then, listeners. Another season done. And we can't help but thank each and every one of you for listening to our podcast and following us on our journey. We will, we will be pulling some season one episodes and repurposing them so that you will still be able to listen to us in January. January is going to allow us to rest, as I said, and create some new content for our listeners so that we springboard into season three and launch in February. We still plan to keep the rotation of the first and the third Wednesdays as we move out into 2024. But in the meantime, listeners, we want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Happy new year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, yes. 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 Keep sharing your favorite episodes with friends. And then of course, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And then until then, this is Taya Ann. And this is Roz, where we discuss 
all things adoption and reunion. But say it, Taya. You say it so well. Yay! (laughs) We're signing off season two. Have a great holiday, and we will see you in 2024.